who lived zealously for Christ. Um, been in this for a few weeks now. Tonight we're looking at the outworking of Christian zeal in our lives. So in other words, what does it look like? What does it mean for us in, in kind of the day-to-day activities of our lives to live with Christian zeal? Um, and this chapter is one that has been really, really um, valuable. It, it's been very encouraging. Um, it's been very edifying. It's, it's rich and, and challenging. And um, probably this, uh, this one chapter is probably worth the price of the whole book, I would say, um, as they go through and, and, flush, and flesh out these, th- this idea of what does it mean to actually look uh, or what does it look like to actually live with zeal. Um, and so the, the book here, it's Living Zealously. That's what the, the cover looks like. You can get it from the, the publishers is Reformation Heritage Books, but it's available other places too, about 15 bucks or so. Um, it's just been such a, a blessing to my heart. I wanted to share that with you um, and, and, and recommend it to you. So, uh, so tonight we're talking about Outwork of Zeal in the Christian life, and um, authors, the, the authors here kind of make the point by looking at several different passages of Scripture that although, you know, all believers, we're all commanded to have this zeal, to have this, this passion to, to be inflamed in our hearts and our desires for Christ. Um, even though that, that's true of everyone, it, it may very well look different in, in different People in different circumstances and the lives of believers. Um, one passage that they looked at that, that uh, to draw um, to draw some support for from this was Luke three. Uh, this is where people were coming to John the Baptist to um, to be baptized in, in the Jordan. And look at what it says here. It says, and the crowds asked him, "What then shall we do?" And he answered them, "Whoever has two tunics." is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. So we... We have these different groups of people coming. We have the crowds, the tax collectors, the soldiers. Um, and, and they're given different actions to, to do, different things to, uh, that they are to go and, and actions to take um, after their repentance of their sin, um, different ways to obey the Lord and what it looks like in their lives. It's a little bit different for each group. Another place where we see the same kind of thing um, is in Titus 2. And so there it says this, Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. To be self-controlled, pure, working at home, 
kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Bondservants are to be submissive to their masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. So again, different groups, um, older men, younger women, men, older women, younger women. Um, and, and there's different applications of what it means then to, to live out this Christian life. And so the authors didn't make the case that the same thing is true for the outworking or showing of zeal in our lives. And in the chapter, they looked at four different um, kinds of people, four different positions in life. Um, they look at the, the minister, the vocational minister, or the worker, anybody who goes and, and works and has a job, um, the parent, and the citizen. Um, all different areas of life that people can be a part of. Um, and so, and they start to list out, hey, this is what it, it looks like for this kind of person to have zeal. And so tonight we're going to go and we're actually going to look at um, the worker. And so anybody who works, again, works a job kind of in the, in the secular world, um, goes to the office or, or, or has some kind of employment. And, uh, you know, the reason I kind of took this one is because most of us, we currently have or we've had or we will have at some point. Uh, some kind of job, some kind of work to do. Um, I think, also think that these things can apply to, you know, a, the stay-at-home mom. You know, that's a, that's a kind of work in and of itself. It can apply to um, students who are in school. You know, that's a kind of work as well. And so it, it touches kind of a, a lot of different places. And... Um, it's kind of one for us to, to start with here and look at a good example of how the authors here are taking these biblical commands and, and they're taking biblical principles and, and they're applying them to specific places and specific scenarios or, or states in life. And so we'll start by discussing, you know, why it is, why would someone who goes to work, why would they need to have Christian zeal? passion to be inflamed in, in their affections for Christ in their minds and in their hearts. What, what, what would be the need for it? Well, several things here. First of all, they may work uh, many hours in the workplace, many times around unbelievers. Um, and so those who, who work, they spend a lot of their waking hours at work, on the job. And in being surrounded by other people there, surrounded by unbelievers, it can be discouraging uh, many times. Many times, perhaps, it's, it's tempting also, right, to, to join in, to, to go in that direction. Kind of in that same vein, those that, that work may be confronted by these bad examples all around them. Pro- profanity, coarse joking, gossip, um, slander, lies. And, and to be surrounded by this eight-plus hours a day can, again, it can easily have an effect on our minds and on our hearts. Um, 
Also, in this kind of environment, workers have to cheerfully obey and, and to submit to their superiors. Not always an easy thing to do. Um, and there may very well be a situation where a worker might be pressured to um, be dishonest, to lie, to cheat, um, withhold information, something like that, um, to, to participate in something unethical. You know, I'm, I'm going to need you to fudge these numbers a little bit for me. Or I'm going to need you to say that, that you actually did this when you did this. So um, all kinds of those moral and, and ethical situations that we can find ourselves in in the workplace. Um, so just a few reasons here why, why this holy desire and this passion and this zeal must, must be in the heart of the believer who, who goes to work each day. And there are three points that a zealous Christian worker must understand about their work. First of all, the worker must understand that, that God is the source of their work. It is God who provides all things. And therefore, he is the one who has provided this job that you have. It is, um, and so knowing that in our minds, remembering that, kind of having that perspective in our minds, um, and looking at our jobs that way, it, it kind of leads to then the behavior. Um, it leads to an, an understanding that, that works itself out in our lives. So knowing this truth, a zealous worker will not murmur about their work, but give thanks for it because God has placed them there. Something we're all tempted to do, murmur or complain about our work. But when we realize that God has given it, we will respond with thanksgiving. Um, something else, they, they will also trust that God knows this work is best for their sanctification. God knows what he's doing. He's the one that has given it. He is good. He will only give them good. And has promised to work out all difficulties for their good. Um, again, knowing that it's God that has given it. Uh, a zealous worker will also uh, do their work not to please men or to be seen by men, or only when the boss is looking, but rather will work for the Lord who has called them to it. They will do their work, and just look at these descriptions. They'll do it joyfully, thankfully, willingly, without murmuring, desiring that since this is the Lord's work, that it might become an offering and a sacrifice unto God. Um, certainly a, a very different way of approaching the, the office or, or the job um, that we, we go to each day, isn't it? It's a, the worker that it, it's filled with passion and zeal for the glory of God and understands that, that God has given this work and then they can have this, this mindset, this perspective and then take these actions out of thankfulness to him. So knowing that he has provided it. Uh, second point is that zealous workers who are zealous for Christ 
understand the expectations of their work. And here we're talking about the, the expectations of the Lord or the, the biblical expectations of how they will conduct themselves in the workplace. So um, with this, we can say that they will, again, they will follow the orders of, of earthly superiors. It's a principle that we see time and time again in Scripture. Uh, however, they also understand that their work is not only for their boss, those above them, but it, but it goes beyond that and appears before a greater judge. And a judge who will judge perfectly and righteously the deeds that they have done. Along with this, uh, the worker will work with goodwill as to the Lord and not to man. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. Quoting there from Ephesians chapter 6. Again, how this, this idea of living with zeal and passion for, for God's glory works itself out in, in the workplace. The worker will also understand that since they are accountable to the Lord as the searcher of hearts, their internal obedience is just as important as their external obedience. And the spirit of the law is just as important as the letter. We can definitely be guilty of that, can't we? We can, um, we can smile, we can um, act gracious, and, and we can do all that stuff on the outside, and in our hearts we can be grumbling and complaining um, and unhappy. It doesn't work because God sees and God knows all of those things. So then our attitudes and our actions about our work then must be genuine. In this way. The third truth we're going to look at tonight that a zealous worker must know and understand are the temptations that are specific to their work. Um, and so the authors mention here some examples uh, of this. So, for example, um, some things like if you have to work alone much of the time or you, or you travel alone for your job. Um, that, that feeling of anonymity, that, that no one knows who you are far away, um, can kind of present this opportunity to do things perhaps you wouldn't do closer at home. Think, think, kind of thinking you can get away with it. Uh, be tempted to, to think that way. Um, in today's world, uh, anyone that works will likely be doing tasks on the Internet, which presents... Uh, temptations of itself to, to look at things that we should not be looking at. Uh, working closely with those of the, the opposite sex for extended periods of time. Problems that can cause. Um, and, and all other sorts of things that can be temptations when we're at work. Um, and so knowing this, someone who goes and works will take action against it. Um, they'll be aware of the opportunities and the places and the situations that Satan might use to tempt and, and be on guard against them. To avoid them, to not be in the situation or to, to flee from them. 
worker will also remember that Satan's at war against him and will not miss the least opportunity to destroy him. So therefore, we can't, we go to work, we cannot, you know, just relax. or We can't just stay neutral or coast through the work day. It's got to be an active fight against this adversary. couple of more things. The worker will guard their ears against conversations that would fill their mind with evil and instead will think about things that are good. Uh, looking at, at Paul's instruction there in Philippians 4. So in, in the break room, around the coffee pot, on the phone, right there are a lot of conversations that really just don't need to happen in a lot of instances. Uh, we mentioned before the the jokes, the slander, the gossip, all, all those kind of things of being able to, to recognize those, to excuse ourselves from those, to walk away and, and not get, get wrapped up in that. Zealous worker will also make a covenant with his eyes. They will not put wicked things before them. So determining in our hearts and in our minds that we're not going to put ourselves in the situation which our our eyes would lead us to sin. A couple of things that, as far as the spiritual disciplines that, that a zealous worker will do each day, day to day in their lives, they will store up God's word in their hearts so they might not sin against God. So knowing the word, reading the word, memorization, being able to recall it and bring it to mind until our, our brains are saturated with this truth. And then having this word in, in the mind, then a worker will be able to meditate upon the things of God and keep themselves in the way of God's commandments. So meditating, thinking deeply, pondering on the Scriptures, pondering on, on the character of God and, and dwelling on that. Speaking with others about the things that we're thinking about and, and working through in our, our minds. All of that is part of, of keeping it in our brains and, and our minds on those things. And so to, to kind of sum up this particular section, we could say that a, a zealous worker will strive to know their heart and the temptations to which it is prone, and will therefore guard their heart. Um, like Proverbs says in chapter 4, keep your heart, or, or watch your heart, or guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. And, and as we've mentioned before, this is, and this is a full-time thing. It's not a one-and-done deal. It never stops. It's, it's all day guarding our hearts and our minds. And it's, it's hard work. But it's worth it. And so, again, this is an example of, of one of, of four different kind of categories that we see working here in this chapter um, it, with how zeal works itself out in the life of believers, they, they seek sanctification and they seek to grow 
and, and they're inflamed with this passion for Christ, um, what will it actually look like? And this is what it'll look like for one who goes and works. They'll be mindful of these things and, and take these actions on a day-to-day basis. And so we, we take the time to kind of think through these things, and like I said, we can apply them to so many other areas of our lives um, and, and different places where we, we find ourselves from day to day. And so um, next time we'll come back and uh, once again look at what does it mean to live with zeal.